Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast brought to you by your favorite cousins on the bright side. Welcome to another episode of Who I Do, the podcast that's going to tell you all about the things the MC actually does and not what you think they do. We have a very, very special guest with us today. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. I want to introduce myself. My name is Steve Fadius of Premier MC. Hello. We're Hello. super excited to have you on. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about being here with you guys. Yes. Where are you located? I'm actually located in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Originally born and raised in Connecticut, um, oh. Stanford, Connecticut, to be exact. Um, but I relocated here uh, with my family back in 2018. And I've been here since then, just rocking out with the in the DMV. Love that. Love that. Just a random question. Are there a lot of black people in Stanford? <laughs> you, I mean, every now and then you hear of like black people from up there. It's just not all the time. So a plethora of black people. Now, I will say that one of the biggest things that I went over and over with a lot of people when I first got to Baltimore, not well, the city and, and the county and every year, um, is that there were a lot of black people, a lot more black people than I was ever used to. Not to say that I just never seen black people, but I just seen people everywhere in all aspects, like in the grocery store, the managers, the bank tellers, the, you know, the guy at the bus station, everything. I just see everywhere. And I was just like, wow, this is so refreshing in all different classes too. So that was kind of cool to kind of see that. Not to say I didn't see some of it, but it was never to the magnitude of what I seen once I transitioned down Baltimore. Well, again, like we said, we're super excited to have you on. Mm -hmm. We're talking all about getting somebody else to do it, which is really our chance of being able to talk to different vendors just like yourself, where, you yes. know, we're breaking down a lot of the misconceptions that sometimes occur because of lack of education, just not knowing all. There are so many reasons why. Where, yeah. you know, you assume one thing versus the other of mm -hmm. your vendors and maybe, you know, of what you assume that they should be able to do or provide or help with on or around the wedding mm -hmm. day. So before we dive all the way into that, first, we are going to play our favorite game, which is this or that. We've been doing this, I think, about three years now. I think this or that definitely came out of the pandemic because we were tired mm -hmm. of just talking to folks and asking them, <laughs> how are you? Same what are you up to? And it's like the yeah. same thing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Everything yeah. is miserable. I can't work. Everything shut down. So yeah, we, <laughs> we're going to play mm -hmm. this or that where basically... Two quick rounds. We ask you mm -hmm. a question and you pick between this one or the other one and you explain okay. why. So everybody will be playing this game. But because you are our special guest, we will start out with you first. So Let's do it. I feel like this one is a safe-ish question. And I say <laughs> safe because some people really feel passionately about this. But if okay. you have to choose one to play, is it Cupid Shuffle 
or wobble. Or not even play to hear, but still. I'd probably say the wobble, just because it's a little bit much younger than the Cupid Shuffle. However, I know that there's a lot of people who know the Cupid Shuffle. A lot of kids know the Cupid Shuffle. So it's easier for me to encourage the kids to come on out and do some dances, especially if I'm working, to get them to do the Cupid Shuffle. But if I had to choose, it'd probably be the wobble. Yeah, because that got a little more bounce to it. I like. So. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense, especially where you are. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. there's some go-go in there. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tania? I'm also going to say the wobble because I love the get in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you have the little, you know, get in there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely so, the wobble. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. I, I would agree. I would definitely agree. Um, I hate the Cupid Shuffle with everything in me. Give me between yeah. wobble or cha-cha slide. I'm down with okay. that all day long. Yeah. And rest in peace to the creator of the cha-cha slide. But yeah, no, um, absolutely not to the Cupid Shuffle for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I know a lot of people do not like the wobble. It is the most interesting thing. Like I will see Wait. folks will put on like their do not playlist is like wobble. It's like Chris Brown, Arthur <laughs> Kelly, the wobble. I was like, what is the <laughs> that is very interesting that they would have seen that. It's funny because that's kind of like I'm, it doesn't happen all the time, but then most of the time, I know that I can gather as many people to the dance floor mm-hmm. with a line dance, and usually it's going to be either one of those three songs. Mm-hmm. More than likely, I'm going to start off with the wobble, and then I might do the cha cha slide because everyone is going to know. It's very simple. They tell you what the dance is to do. Right. <laughs> three times it's very very simple even your grandmother can do it so it's either so i go there and then if we still have some more time we'll throw on a keep a shuffle or we'll do some other line dances that we didn't even talk about you know like jerusalem and what are some others that the tamia i'm still trying I was about to, to say the tamia one listen listen let me tell you yeah. how many times girl, i've been watching instagram <laughs> videos i still haven't been able to figure that out but that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> you think i have two left feet trying to do that but. no i'm with you my I husband and i were just it. talking about it. that a few i, I know you down. do I she wanted down. us to do it for her <laughs> wedding last year oh. my husband and i were just saying like a few days ago like absolutely not we could see this video broken down in so many ways I'm not going to even try it because I know I can't do it. You have to practice. You just have to practice. But like as soon as you get the steps, you're going to be so proud of yourself. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I made it. I'm here. I can do this. What my brain sees and what my body does sometimes doesn't sync up anymore. So it would take a lot of practice. Like I can't memorize songs the way I used to. So, Mm. you know, I've noticed that recently. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I'm saying it. I'm not. It's, it's, it's gibberish. So, yeah. Okay. I think, I think when we were younger, you know, mm-hmm. we had all the time. We weren't doing nothing. That's we right. Didn't that's, have that's exactly. We didn't have bills. We, we went to school and we were printing out <laughs> lyrics and remembering yeah, the lyrics or the choreography, the song, the, uh, the, yeah, to dances based off like their music videos. But anywho. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. round two, this or yep. that. During the reception, would you prefer 
So this is a wedding you're attending, okay? Okay, okay. Would you prefer that the couple plays the shoe game? Or would you prefer that the bridesmaids have a choreographed dance? A choreographed dance. Hmm. I think it's more unique in that aspect. I don't know. I feel like I've been doing the shoe game ever since I started. Because, I mean, I had done, I've been in this game now probably, I don't know, like 14 years or so. Um, So... I've been doing it ever since the beginning, so I just feel like it's... I mean, you can ask different types of questions, but it just doesn't give that pizzazz. Like, I feel like the choreographed dance brings a lot of energy and attention. Um, you'll probably get the sense of that where in regards to how I how I present, you know, um, and how I perform. But I feel like, you know, giving that something, something new and fresh... And not to say you haven't seen people come up with choreographed dance before, but I think... Adding that and showing the bride and some of her bridesmaids do a routine, I think it really gets the crowd going and you can really add some different types of flavor that the that the guests will remember. They're not going to remember the shoe game. They won't. They'll forget that part all in all. Unless it's like your 80-year-old grandmother. She might remember the questions, but other than that, no one's going to remember that. <laughs> okay. Well, what about you? <laughs> I'm also going to say the dance just because that's just me. Granted, I didn't, yeah, I I didn't have y'all do a dance. Everything in me wanted to do one, but it just didn't happen. Um, I don't even know what the shoe game is. I think I've seen it being played one time, but I didn't even Mm -hmm. like sit through to watch it. Of course, this was on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never actually been to an actual wedding where they played a game. And Mm so, yeah. You want to tell us what the shoe game is? So the the shoe game is literally just two couples. Um, They're sitting behind each other and they're literally holding each other's shoe. So they have a corresponding shoe. They'll have their shoe and their partner's shoe. So anytime I ask you a question, like, who's the best driver? So either you'll have to hold up whichever shoe is the right question or the right shoe that you think it is. And the goal is to try to see how many matches we can get. Or how connected you are. I don't know if you ever, I don't know, there's an old game back in the day that used to be um, like how compatible you are with your partner or something like that. And they'll ask you different types of questions. So it's kind of similar to that where instead of me writing the answers down, I'm literally just holding the corresponding shoe. So, and it's usually about 15, 15, maybe even 20 questions, but Mm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Dang, we could be dancing for that 15, 20 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> Can we talk about it? Because no shade. also... No shade to all y'all who want to play the shoe game. I'm sorry. But, but I think it's about the timing in which you do these things. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. are you stopping the dancing for this moment or are you doing it before the dance floor opens, I think? Well, y- well I think a lot of the times that I've done it, I feel like there has been a lot of more, more opportunities for people to do that, like either immediately after where the, where the majority of people have actually eaten. And this is probably before they have cut in the cake. So. Um, so, yeah, so that's so it's not so it's definitely not. We try for it not to cut into the party time, um, but okay. we really try to make sure that it's something that is can be done over with and moved on with. I actually just recently done it this year. Okay. I guess I had the answer too. Um, yes, yeah, no, I actually hate both of these options. I'll be completely <laughs> honest with you. I just want to dance. I just want to dance. Let's get to the dance floor. I just see both yeah. of these as mm-hmm. stopping. I think if anything, maybe the bridesmaids dance is a little bit more okay. 
like fine because to me the game feels very much like something we should not be doing at the reception you know like maybe at the shower or something else maybe even find a way to pull it into the rehearsal which i yeah you know i'm very much a reception is time to party type of um guest and bride so yeah i'm not i'm not here for all that but that's okay if you are love that for you enjoy it i think it's cute in theory for sure i just don't like anything that is going to take away from time to dance Mm -hmm. so when it comes to the party time i honestly really I i think of it as since like if i can get if i get two hours that is amazing if i get two hours of straight party time is amazing mm-hmm. if i can get an hour and a half then i'm golden if i get anything less than an hour then i'm like we we gotta move some things around we gotta move so a lot of times when i'm putting together <clears throat> and supporting the the clients and trying to put together the timeline i'm really thinking about okay how long is this portion or this different type of event that we're incorporating into the day what that what is that really going to do to our party time and i offer a lot of suggestions but i know ultimately it's up to the couple to decide and i say hey listen based on my experience i think that we might either want to either nip that or have these people talk during the reception dinner i mean during the rehearsal dinner um and cut it down to two people instead of seven uh, um also this uh performance by your cousin might want to be a game time decision um especially given the fact that she's not like a trained singer or a professional singer so you might want to consider kind of like eh. um <laughs> and people always say they're like oh well we just want to open mic for people to talk and i was like no do not do that <laughs> Do not do that. You know how many people will talk on the mic if you let them talk? Like, and I mean, I don't know if we're in the, in, at the point in time to tell stories, but listen, I literally had someone and I said we had, they had two people scheduled to talk on the mic. And I said, okay, not a problem. Someone said, well, I want to come up and I need to say something. And usually I don't give the mic to anybody. So then they did it in front of the bride and groom. So I said, they said, that's fine. I said, okay. I let them talk. They spoke for about five to six minutes and five to six minutes is a long time. Yes. After that, I was getting ready to to get the mic. Everyone's looking at me like, are you going to get the mic? I said, I'd like to, unless the, the bride is so into the speech that I can't go get the mic. And, you know, I don't want to be rude. So I said, all right, so I'm about to go get it. And in the midst of me going to get it, like, I think the the groom's, uh, what was it? His uh, one on his father's side stepped up and grabbed the mic before I can get it. And I was like, so then after that, it was pretty much a uh, wrap. So my point in saying all of that, yes, I agree with you. Anything that is going to interrupt the hour and a half is the, my goal. Um, then I'm always like, yo, we got to make some suggestions or we got to make some movements and some changes unless, you know, that time is going to become you know, very limited in the party time. So, you know, who wants to spend three hours eating and talking? That's not why you're here. So. Yeah, I agree. Very true. So now that we've played this or that, we can go straight into the questions. We just have a handful, but 
before we even like fully dive into some of the responsibilities that are assumed, we need to know what is an MC. I like to think of myself as like a master puppeteer, honestly, a person that's kind of pulling on the strings, kind of making the movement and really like a curation, a curator of the vibe, myself in collaboration with any musical folks that are going to be there. But I think of myself as a curator of the vibe that is going to be there. That MC and that host not only is your facilitator, but also uh, your entertainment um, and also your organizer throughout that time. When I created this business, I, I wanted to really focus on those three specific areas because I thought that anytime I've done a wedding, more specifically, is that those were the elements that needed to have it to be a very successful event. The organization uh, is very essential because I oftentimes with an MC, or just speaking of myself, we would pretty much help in creating what that day is what that reception is going to look like. And some of the some of the time and effort that we put into it is very important because we know that we've got to live and die by this actual timeline. Uh, there are adjustments and changes that will happen that we will need to be informed of and in trying to make it happen in that in that capacity. Now, a lot of times I do work with a lot of clients who may have some event planners. And that's always a great thing, too, because a lot of times we can kind of collaborate, come up with different ideas and share different thoughts or anything like that uh, in that capacity. Sometimes those so most of those things may be done by the wedding planner, but it's also helpful and essential that I can be a part of that so that we can help and make sure that that is going to fit. Because, like I said, a lot of clients have a lot of ideas uh, that sometimes it just doesn't really mesh with the amount of time that it's going to take and or to shift. Because you don't want people to stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, because then you're going to lose people and people are not going to be as uh, engaged. Uh, so the other part, and like I said, being able to facilitate, and I don't want to think, when people think of MCs, people just think of someone who's just kind of just talking and just making announcements. And I think of myself much more than that. I think of myself who is not only encouraging and supporting a lot of your guests and informing of the different things that are happening, but also kind of keeping the vibe where it needs to go. I tell people I'm not uh, a stand-up comedian, but I use a lot of my personality. So I may make some jokes about different things that are happening, about the best man who's talking too much or grandma who's cutting a rug or whoever it is. I kind of use my personality just to kind of keep the, keep the energy up, but just also keep it in a way that's very polished, professional, inappropriate for the folks that I were working with. And then comes back down to entertainment. So... You know, you need to have that MC who is going to be your party starter, right? Who is going to start, initiate the party, give people what they need at that point, give them that extra umph, right? I think when I, anytime you go to a wedding, and I don't know if you guys even can sense this, but you guys have already been at your own weddings, but you can tell like anytime I go to a wedding, it's really, it's about, um, it, it literally comes down to, all right, I need, it's about it's about 40% of the people that are coming there to party. They're there no matter what. They're going to come out and dance, have a good time. Not a problem, right? However, there is about 30 people that are like, hmm, I'm not here to party. I'm here to eat, eat this cake, say congratulations, and I'm out of here, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have that last 30% of people that are kind of like in the middle. They're not sure what they want to do. They may get up and dance. They may not. If they're feeling the music, they feel the vibe, they might go up, they might go down. So my goal is never really to focus on the people that are always going to be there on the dance floor or the people that are refusing to get up out the dance, get up out their seats, but the folks that are in the middle. So because then I know if anything 
falls by the wayside, if anything, I got about 70% of this, the, the crowd on the dance floor. And there's a lot more than what, what you may anticipate for before. So my hope is to be able to try to get people engaged as much as possible. Uh, I think all MCs have different ways on how they go about it. Um, with the years that I've been doing it, I've been trying to find ways and more innovative ways to encourage people and support people to feel like, all right, cool, I'll come out and uh, do this. And if he can get crazy, I'll come out with him too. So <laughs> so hopefully that answers the question of what, a, what an MC or what specifically Premier MC does. Perfect answer. Thank yes, you. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what are some responsibilities that they think you should do, but generally are done by the coordinator or planner? Oh, wow. So question that typically comes up will be, can you help me with the rehearsal dinner? And I would tell them to say, and I said, well, I don't have anything to do with the rehearsal dinner. I cannot help you because the majority of my job really starts at the reception. So anything that happens at the rehearsal dinner or anything that ha has to happen in regards to the ceremony, I don't really have any pull in that sense because I'm not the officiant and I'm not going to be lining you guys up to you guys to go out in the ceremony. So my role in that is very limited. Um, I've been asked a number of times for me to come, for me to, if I'm going to attend the rehearsal dinners, and I tell them that that's not really what my role is. I have other things to do. And I should be focusing on that just like you would want your other vendors to focus on the job that the, that you hired for them for. So I try to make it very clear about what my role is and what they would expect from me. So, uh, and then also one of the, I guess when it comes to the planner, I think that would probably be the biggest one that they would expect for me to do. That's a great one. Okay. So then thinking about the DJ, I'm sure there's so many times that they assume you're going to do something that the DJ does. What are sometimes those responsibilities that are requested of you that are actually his or her job? Well, although I love music. Obviously, I love to dance. One of the things that they would ask me, you know, come up with a playlist for them or if I have any ideas to send it to them. And oftentimes I may have some ideas for like specific specialty dances like parent dances or um, first dances or anything like that. But for the most part, I don't necessarily need to come up with that list. And a lot of times really for me, if I if I need to have the names of those particular songs, it's really for the purposes of just kind of double checking and making sure that it's not a very awkward moment because that the DJ got the wrong song, right? Um, so that's really where, how far my role goes with what they think the DJ is going to, what I'm going to do and what the DJ is going to do. And they will typically ask about the music. And I typically tell them that it might be very helpful to talk to your DJ uh, so that, that you guys can finalize what that's going to look like so that I can kind of maneuver within whatever your ideas are with that capacity. That's really good. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure you probably get lots of requests. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll come to me and they're like, yo, can you play uh, NBA young boy? I said, do I look like DJ? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, DJ's right here, sir. Um, I can't tell you if I have it or not. So I don't know. So, but yeah, <laughs> constantly. <All right. laughs> what are some general misconceptions about wedding MCs? Misconception? That's actually a really good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. 
Um, misconception would be that we are non-stop party animals. <laughs> and well, in a sense, and I'll, and I'll explain that. And I, it's because I feel like that a lot of times people look at, uh, well, there are some people who look at MCs where they're thinking that they are going to be on the dance floor no matter what. And not only are they, not only are they a party starter, it's, it's their responsibility if no one is, if that other 30% that I was talking about earlier does not get on the dance floor. And I usually like to try to tell them. And I said, well, listen, if I if I can pull them on the dance floor, I will. Uh, sometimes they're going to look at me with a scowl and <laughs> you know that they're not getting up. Do not touch me. Get away from me. I would say the, the other misconception I would say that people often have is that we would basically going to be like, we're like clown animals. Like we're just kind of doing all these different things. And a lot of times I try to make sure to let people know that this is much that my my presentation and what I do is really more so is a, more of an elegant aspect. But I also try to cater it to the client that I'm working with so that if I need to be really turned up, I'll do that. But it's also going to be in a very classy sense, um, if that makes sense. And then also, if it has to be, mm, you know, moderate, then we'll we'll kind of adjust it however we need to make it work. But nonetheless, I think some some people have different ideas of what an MC is going to look like. But I really think that based off of your personality, you and your partner, you would want to try to find a way to have that MC either match that or and, or maybe supersede that. Because I've worked with clients who were very, very mal-mannered and they said, we're not that type. So we need someone to, to level it up. And we think that you're the one. So, uh, so we've had, we've had that, we've had those uh, conversations before. So. Nice. I recently uh, saw something on IG where like this MC, like he was doing backflips in the middle. Yeah, of the- I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. I'm like, yo, and they yeah. get good money for that MC. And- yes, I've, I did see the video as well. Okay. <laughs> yep. I think honestly, I could probably wrap these last two into kind of Mm -hmm. one question, which is either, you know, what is something you would want brides and grooms to know, or do you have any advice in regards to anyone that is seeking like a master of ceremonies for their wedding day? Well, the one advice that I'd give people is to really take time to do your research. Um, I think that's pretty much a very common answer a lot for when you're looking for vendors. But but truly, when I say really get a sense of doing some type of research, um, checking out testimonials, and then looking to see if anyone else you know may have had experiences with them. But if not, really getting a chance to meet with them. I try to, I try my best to have a medium where, you know, because technology is amazing now. So we can mm-hmm. have these kind of video chats. And I like to give people a sense of who I am and my personality when we first meet. Because who you meet on the first day is who you'll meet when we get to that wedding. And I try to be able to keep that same energy because that's just who I am. And that's not, I can't give you any, I can't fake anything. And I feel like you have to kind of get a sense of know who you're dealing with because not everyone has people skills, honestly, as much as they, as even though they're in a, in a service business uh, industry, sometimes they just don't have people skills. 
Um, you know, and one of the things is that you want to make sure that what you're asking of them, that you're very clear and very specific about what you're looking for so that there isn't anything that you might be missing and or something that you'll be disappointed at the end of the night. One of the other things that I would uh, encourage uh, couples to really think about is when you're looking for an MC, really kind of think about what vibe and what energy you're really thinking of and based off of your guests, like would they be receptive for someone who is high energy on a level 15 in comparison to someone on a level of seven? So really kind of understanding what exactly you're trying to get accomplished for that reception. Everyone wants to have a good time, but that looks very different for a lot of people. So what does a good time mean? Does it just look like, you know, us playing, you know, smooth R&B for the whole entire night and playing some 90s hip hop? for the rest of the night and just keeping it at, you know, kind of moderate level. Cool. That's fun too. Or you want people to go crazy and do the little Uzi vert dance or whatever that dance is, uh, you know, whatever you could do that <laughs> all night if you want to. But I, I, I really think that encouraging a lot of couples to really do your research about what is going to work with you and also making sure that, this particular personality is going to work with your other vendor because I know that I've worked with a lot of other vendors that sometimes they either will clash or sometimes they just they don't mesh together just because um, some people are sometimes territorial. Um, in my earlier when I first started out, there was a DJ that was just like, he allowed me to do the beginning of my introductions and everything that needed to be happened. But once the party start, he unplugged my mic and I was like, wait, what are you doing? He was like, you're done for the night. You, I, I said, but I'm not. Oh <laughs> they paid God. me to be on the mic the whole time. And when I brought it to the bride and groom, they were just like, yeah, we'll talk to him. And I was like, that's fine with me. You already paid me. So if I don't have to talk for the rest of the evening, I'm fine. But I think making sure, and that's only happened once in the years that I've been doing this, but nonetheless, I think making sure that you ask as many questions as you can, get the answers that you can, and then also making sure that you're getting the value that you believe you're going to get from that person in comparison to them just giving you lip service. Well, through the research that you can gather. So, and watch video too listen to their voice, get a sense of how they speak, their pre presentation, um, how eloquent they are in that aspect. I think those are also important um, in the presentation you have at your wedding. Perfect. Now, after saying this, I just have one more question. Does the MC and the DJ, like, do they ever get together before the wedding to discuss, you know, like how the night's going to go or is that something that you all discuss on the day of? Great question. So one of the things that we do, I like to do, once I'm able to solidify what the actual timeline is going to look like and what a vision that they have and the expectations that they have for me, then at that point in time, which could potentially be about two to three months out, maybe a month out, depending on how soon they can complete the homework assignment that I've given them. Once I'm able to get that done, then I actually will reach out to the DJ and I will tell them exactly who I am, what my role is. Um, you know, I'll share some of my socials with them so they kind of got a sense of who I am, if they want to look at any of that stuff. And then I'll kind of roll and explain to them what the couple is looking for, um, which they may already know. 
sometimes they don't because they probably don't know the couple personally. And sometimes I don't either, but I may have gathered a lot more information. So in that period of time, I go over what my presentation is going to be, what my performance is going to look like so that they are at least familiar with it. So that by the time we get to the day of the wedding, they're, they're not totally oblivious about what I'm asking of them to do and how to present that way and knowing like what they're, what they're comfortable with. Because like I said, a lot, a lot of the DJs have certain things about their equipment, their things that they would rather don't have happen or whatever the case is. So it's easier to try to have that conversation beforehand than to get to this, the day of, and it's a whole different situation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. after you said that, I'm like, wait a minute, because not all MCs and DJs know each other or have like a working relationship. Right. Sometimes like they're already working together, so you just hire, you know, the people within the company. But, gotcha. but you know, I didn't realize that sometimes, you know, the MC and the DJ, the they may company, not, yeah. you know, like know yeah. each other. So, um, so yeah, yeah, so, no, it, yeah I want yeah, to know it, that. It happens, it happens often, honestly, to me. I think I probably, out of all the weddings that I've done, I probably about... 80% of them are mm-hmm. typically being done with someone that I haven't worked with before. Wow. Um, and the other 20% is people that I either may have recommended or they are already familiar with and they'll just mm-hmm. have hired them or they, cause they know I've worked with them before. So exactly. a lot of times it's people that I haven't worked with. Um, I've tried in the past to try to get someone that I can work with consistently, but mm-hmm. you know, couples are just like, they'd rather go with people that, they, you know, whatever DJ it is, and even if it's of someone, because especially if, if they have a family member paying for the DJ, they're like, yeah. listen, they can do it. I just need <laughs> you to do what you need to do. And it's like, oh, so that's when I have to do even more gotcha. because that DJ may not be either the most personable, um, mm. maybe not be, um, had the capabilities of doing a wedding um, and knowing what it would take, they might be more club DJ or mm-hmm. they might be more of a radio DJ. So, or, and a lot of that sometimes doesn't always translate to what the party is going to look like. Um, some DJs are phenomenal at it, honestly, but there are other DJs that have, and I'm literally, all right, cool. I'm going through my phone. I right, play this. All right, cool. All right. What else? What else you want to play? What else I want to play? So... <laughs> But we could, we could be here for days with the stories that I got. Gotcha. But yeah. Well, we definitely need to bring you back. Thank you so much for coming on today's yeah. episode. Now we're going to move into wedding vendor love. So who would you like to okay. shout out? Yes. Who would you like well, to shout out this week? Yeah. I'd love to shout out Reb O. Her first name is Ursula Hughes. Rev O on, I believe, on IG. She is amazing. Honestly, she really is amazing. Um, and the reason why she's amazing, I think, I feel like she, me and her kind of share the same personality, has a very bubbly personality. And I love that about her. The way that she conducts ceremonies is such a unique way. And I think it brings a lot of life to the ceremony because I've been to a lot of ceremonies in my day. And sometimes they just don't have the amount of personality and then also don't have the uniqueness of what you know, what you're looking for in there. And I think it's something, because you always, you want every part of the wedding to be, the wedding entirely to be a memorable event. So you can have the ceremony be something that's memorable as well as the reception. You don't want to anything to drop off. So I think finding the right team and finding folks is is great. So Rev O is amazing. All right, perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, 
Steve, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. We're definitely going to bring you back. You were so much fun. But where can the people find you if they want to know more, if they want to ask questions, or even if they want to book you for their own wedding? Well, I will just say I appreciate this uh, this opportunity to be on you. I actually, it's funny because I actually seen you actually on TikTok randomly <laughs> talking about music, and it might have been you were getting ready for your wedding, or maybe it was after your wedding you were doing a video, and and I said, oh, that's so funny, and I actually saved the video, and it just so happens that that we're talking to each other, so so you're kind of famous actually. So big ups <laughs> to you, and then I knew about Hugh I do, so I said, okay, well I'll just follow you guys because we were all in the same same mix, uh, but nonetheless. Like I said, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak to you guys and share a little bit about what Premier MC does and the value of what an MC will bring for any kind of wedding reception. You can always be able to find me at www.premiermc.com. That's P-R-E-M-I-E-R-E, capital E-M-C-E-E.com. And you can find me on Instagram. Just type in Premier underscore MC. Um, all my website has all my socials, but you can find videos on YouTube, Facebook, everywhere <laughs> you use any socials, but that's where I'm at. Perfect. Sounds Perfect. good. Thank you so much again. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Don't forget to follow us everywhere you can. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even YouTube. You can find us at H-U-I-D-O-W-E-D, which is Hugh I Do Wed, or at Hugh I Do Pod, which is H-U-E-I-D-O-P-O-D on pretty much any of those platforms. In addition to that, if you want to know more about any of the amazing wedding vendors we've shouted out or any of the really cool wedding vendors we've had on the show as guests or just some awesome wedding vendors in general that maybe you don't know of, head to find.huido.com. There you're going to find over 600 wedding vendors that can help take you to your happily ever after. And no matter where you listen to Hugh I Do, if you could, please leave us a review. It will help other bride-to-be's and other people in the wedding planning space find a podcast that speaks to them as much as Hugh I Do speaks to you.